Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Hot Take Tuesday. We've got a number of them submitted from our followers on Twitter, so we'll be getting into those. Jason Kelly back with me for this episode. Ready to get into some hot takes? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Did you ever put sunscreen on before doing this? No. No, I I probably should though. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> this one this one's scorching. Ah, okay. This one is from a guy who calls himself the Biginator on Twitter. You don't have it's not like Facebook on Twitter. If you've never been on it, you can your name can be whatever you want it to be. And uh so he says Bobby D wins World Series MVP. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Whew. Okay, uh I Mr. Biginator, I want whatever you're smoking because, <laughs> holy crap, that must be some good stuff. Um, in in what scenario would that ever happen? The, the, the Red Sox have to, first of all, the Red Sox have to make it to the World Series first, which um, uh, they have to beat good. Tampa in the one seed. Yep. And then probably Houston, who mangled us twice. Mm-hmm. And then who are we playing in the World Series? Could be right. the Giants. Who's in the central? Could be the Brewers, I guess. They're pesky and complicated enough. I I could see it. They they people forget the Brewers were one game away from playing the Red Sox in the 2018 World Series. Didn't happen to Rob Manfred's delight. You know he needed the LA market to get in. No disrespect to Milwaukee, but but yeah. So a lot needs to happen, and then he needs to be Steve Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, the only way this could possibly happen is if the Red Sox get there and they play like the Miami Marlins in the World Series or they play some bum-ass team with bum-ass pitchers because those are the only guys that Bobby Dahlbeck actually does well against. So I'm going to say that's not likely to happen. Probably not. So, Biginator, if you're listening, we do appreciate the hot take. That's what makes the show go around, but... Kind of a space cadet level take. And on that note, attention listeners across the galaxy from all the way from Australia to Boston, do we have a pew problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with their fourth generation and brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0 the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming join the two million men worldwide who trust manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code fansided20 The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. It's like having a little astronaut to chop off the worst weeds up top in your nose and ear. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. So getting back into the hot takes here. Harry Mann Jr., I'm pretty sure that's his real name, says, what has happened to Garrett Richards? Do you see him in a key role in the bullpen in the postseason? Oh, it, it disgusts me to say, but I kind of <laughs> do. Because at this point, outside of Garrett Whitlock, who else are you giving the ball to in a big spot? Um, Garrett Richards, the last couple of weeks, has been one of your best relievers. Um, and I think in terms of what's happened to him, I think he's a guy who is backs up against the wall when it comes to his career because he was signed here for, you know, not a ton of money, but a pretty substantial amount to be a member of the starting rotation. And he failed. And he he's admitted he was a sticky stuff guy. He had to change his entire approach. Um, he didn't want to go to the bullpen, but he played himself into that because he just couldn't couldn't be a starter anymore. And I think now you're looking at a guy who realizes this is your only option for your career is to be a dominant reliever and kind of be one of these guys, another Wade Davis type who goes from being a starter to being a really good late inning reliever. So he's kind of been doing that. Um, Do I still, do I trust him? No, but at the same time, like, again, who else are you going to give the ball to? If Garrett Whitlock's not available or you're saving him for, the ninth inning could i see garrett richards pitching the eighth inning in an important playoff game or a wild card game yeah i could and ottavino scuffled a little bit in his second appearance and he's kind of been a bit of a roller coaster since the start of july so and and richards has been pretty stout he's only given up one run in 10 innings he has a 0.69 era as a reliever now I don't like him either. I hate his face, particularly the expressions on his face. I'm not going to make fun of his hair. I thought about it for a second, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and yeah, who who do you trust, really? I mean, when Barnes comes back, he's slipped so much. Now that he's got his $15 million extension, Brazier's back. I uh, he's going to be towards the top of my trust ladder, I guess, until he proves that he shouldn't be. When Garrett Richards is warming up, I I'm not stressed out. I'm really not stressed out. He's he. I don't feel like he's going to come in and give it up. His changeup and his sinker have been a bit of a revelation. Those are the two pitches that he's kind of honed in on now that he can't have the sticky stuff. He's really good for one inning and he's really good for two or three innings. So I think he's going to be a weapon. And to answer Harry's question, I do think he's probably going to have the seventh inning or the eighth inning possibly in the playoffs. And don't rule this out either. We're not the rotate. Well, maybe the rotation is pitching almost as good, but 
you could see Chris Sale pitching some eighth innings. You could see Nathan Avaldi pitch some eighth innings in the playoffs. That's what happened last time when we were so worried about our bullpen. And I was. That was a terrible bullpen in the month of September in 2018. Joe Kelly, Heath Hembry, Matt Barnes, their ERAs were in the fives or sixes. And then somehow it all came together. And then starting pitchers, instead of throwing their side sessions, were pitching eighth innings. So don't forget the magic. But we're, we're making some big assumptions here. We're assuming we're going to win the wild card. And have a shot at uh, Tampa. Well, let me ask you this. Who scares you more? Tampa or Houston in the first round? Uh, Houston, without a doubt. I, I think Houston's the best team in the American League. Okay. Um, I, I know a lot of people would say Tampa, but I, I think Houston scares me just because of the intangible of that team's got a hair across its ass over you know what happened with the cheating and, and getting booed at every stadium they go to. And, um, and they've got talent. I mean, it's, it's not just the attitude. They've got a ton of talent. So I, they scare me a lot more than Tampa. Yeah. They're pretty good and very well balanced. Their, their bullpen hasn't been as bad as, as years past. And the guy I wanted so bad, Jake Odorizzi is, had a pretty good second half and they've got Framber Valdez who's probably a, a future ace Lance McCullers having a pretty good year which I was completely unaware of until the last episode mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I I do agree and they killed us earlier like I said and they're, they're a good postseason team I know they only have the one championship they blew it in game 7 against the Nationals. It's six and seven, you can say, because they had Verlander and Cole ready to go in game six and seven. They they only had to win one of them and couldn't do it. Right. And um, and then last year in the COVID year, I think they were, didn't they get into game seven with the, with the Rays? I thought they did, yeah. yeah. And then the year before, they, uh, although that was 2019, yeah. So they had a, a hell of a, LDS round against the Rays, but beat them in five to um, to get into the LCS against the Yankees. When I don't care what anyone says, that Altuve walk off one of my favorite things to go rewatch. <laughs> just oh, it's to, it's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. Are you a <laughs> Joe Buck guy? Chapman. Do you like Joe Buck or no? Yeah, I, I actually do. I, I have no problem with Joe Buck. I'm a yeah. big Joe Buck guy. His voice—it's so hard to have a dramatic voice. In, in sports and he brings it uh, the intensity and so many fan bases cry bias like oh he hates our team and whatever and there was no secret that he liked the Cardinals over the Red Sox but I thought he was impartial the whole time and we played them in two World Series so yep. yeah yeah I didn't think we were going to be getting into Joe Buck there but uh, sticking with the kind of announcer themes, North Face on Twitter says Mike Monaco needs to be the full-time announcer for Red Sox baseball. Fire O'Brien, says North Face. Thoughts? Yeah, this is kind of a, a yearly refrain from Red Sox fans. It's you know, fire O'Brien over, you know, for this guy. And in years past it was always, oh, get back Orsillo. Do whatever it takes to bring Orsillo back. And 
I think uh, the fan base has finally accepted that he's never coming back and that they, they blew that one. Um, I don't know if I want him taking over full-time, though. I, I like him in spurts, but I feel like over the course of a full season, he would drive me nuts. And, and look, I'm, I'm picky because O'Brien drives me nuts at times, too. So I'm really picky as to who I want announcing, you know, because, I don't know, I just feel like too many of these guys, they... I don't know. They they like the sound of their own voice a little too much, but would I absolutely hate it if he took over for O'Brien? No, I, I'd give him a shot. But me personally, I'm not sure it would work out. I don't know all the facts with the O'Brien Orsillo thing when Orsillo basically got ousted, but um, I know O'Brien put pressure on Nesson by saying, "Listen." I'm not going to stick around and do radio forever. And he happened to get the job. And he always says these nice things about so many people in the Boston, you know, whether it's Hamai Webster, Jemai Webster, whether it's Remy or anybody he's worked with, Garen Austin, anybody in media, he always says the nicest things about them. But when do you ever hear him say anything nice about Don Arcillo? Yeah, and so I think part of that, at least from what I heard about that whole thing, was that Nesson, I guess they like they promoted a new executive producer or someone new came in, basically. A new executive producer came in, and it was just that Orsillo wasn't his guy. He That he just wasn't an Orsillo guy, and his contract was close to being up anyway. And O'Brien was there. O'Brien was around, and he was kind of putting pressure on, saying, look, I... I don't want to stick around and do radio. I want to be in the booth. And so I think it was a combination of that and just that this guy, this new producer, whoever he was, he was not a Norcillo fan. So he said, yeah, let's, let's put, let's put O'Brien in there. Um, So I think it's, it's partially why you don't hear O'Brien talk about him. is probably because Nesson says, Hey, don't mention him because they're still embarrassed about it. True. You, you, that's an excellent point. Yeah. they're, They're still embarrassed and they got killed. For that i mean and they're still catching grief to this day it's not nearly as bad as when it first happened but a lot of people sort of said i'm not watching nesson anymore because you guys got rid of my favorite announcer so it's probably a big reason why you don't hear him talk about it. it's because they're probably saying you know don't mention that guy's name <laughs> had i thought about it i, I might have looked up the uh the ratings across the league, but I'm pretty sure Orsillo's always in the top five and the Red Sox haven't been at any point in the O'Brien era. So I have a feeling O'Brien is probably here to say, do you have like one or two guys in mind that you would definitely like or no? Um, Not off the top of my head. Certainly not anyone like in the local market. Um, And honestly, every time I listen to games in, you know, in other markets across MLB, I'm always like, Okay, as much as I bitch about O'Brien, these guys are worse. <laughs> yeah, so, I do. I do. It's really, um, yeah. There's really not anyone out there except Orsillo who I'm like, yeah, no, he, he's pretty good. Most of the time, I listen to him, I'm like, oh no, this is brutal. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of people seem to hate Matt Vasgersian. I love him. I would love to have him in the booth. Um, I don't think he ever would, though. I think he likes his once a week ESPN gig. And he's yeah. he's been he broadcasted for the Brewers previously, the Padres as well. So I he's probably past that at this point. 
Another guy is the current Brewers announcer, Brad Anderson. If if you ever watch Brewers highlights, this guy can paint a dramatic picture, and he's fun to listen to. He also does the TBS games in the postseason, which I think are only during the uh, the LDS round, so the first round. Or actually, no, maybe on on one side they might keep it. Uh, yeah, in fact, I think he on the national league side recently they were doing it. So, and then Fox with Joe Buck and John Smoltz, I think they did the American league side, but, and then they do the world series, but, uh, but still a very dramatic voice. He's fairly young. I think he's in his late forties and I would love it if, if he somehow ended up in Boston, I, I don't know where his ties are. He's not a new Englander though, for sure. But yeah, that's another guy that the, I... um, the one national guy I would love, and it would never happen because he's ESPN and you know he he won't leave that gig. But I'm a big fan of Boog Shambi. Oh yeah, okay. I I think Shambi's really good. Every time he's on a national call, and it's you know it's usually like the midweek, like the Wednesday night baseball, which okay they're probably not gonna do uh anymore going forward. But I've always liked him. So if, if he were to somehow shake loose, I I would make that trade. That would be an interesting one. I listen to him on uh, Buster Olney's podcast uh, sometimes, so that's where I'm, I'm more familiar with him. But but anyone for O'Brien. And to answer finally uh, the, the question from North Face, the more I listen to Mike Monaco, the more I do like him. I'm mm. not like, do I want him to be the guy for the next five years? Like, is that where I'm at? Not yet. But he's young. He might be 30 finally, and he could be 28 or 29. He's pretty young, but he's starting to get a little bit more dramatic, and he had Lenny DiNardo in with him, so probably not the best tag team partner uh, for the weekend. And I I like Lenny as well, uh, but I think I like him more in the studio than I do in the broadcast booth. So... I I kind of want to hear more of uh, Mike Monaco. I, I don't think we will for the remainder of the season, but um, but uh, it's starting to grow on me. And I'm I'm never gonna like O'Brien. I don't care, even if he makes me laugh at a given point. I'm never gonna like O'Brien. Like that guy hates baseball. All he does is complain about everything. Like <laughs> if if you asked. If you put out a vote for would you rather have six inning baseball games, he would be yes. He'd be the first yes vote in there. He hates it. He loves all the stupid rule changes that we hate, the seven inning double headers, the extra base runner. He's a big pitch clock guy. I just get so tired of him hating baseball. <laughs> That's so annoying. Yeah. Ugh. So, all right. Let's see if there's any others. Let's see. Brandon Johnson said Rafi Devers should not have had the day off considering he asked for one. And he I, I didn't wasn't aware that he had asked for a day off, but he didn't get the start. He did come in to pinch hit super early in the game. I think it was the fifth or sixth inning. There were runners on second and third. And um unfortunately ended up striking out. I'll say this, it was fun to watch him walk up to the plate because 
like the cloud, the crowd slowly started to realize, oh, geez, it's Devers. He's coming off the bench. And you just heard the, the elevation of the noise just start to rise. And it was like the closest thing to Big Poppy coming into a game, as yeah. I've heard. But he fell behind, and then I think he worked it back to a full count and then struck out on a high fastball. But I, I think the sentiment that... Uh, Brandon is 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 alluding to here is that every game's a must win, and you got the next couple of Thursdays off. So why is Devers off? DH him right. for the game. Worst case. Yeah, if if he asks for the day off, that's pretty bad. Um, because again, half more than half your team is missing right now. You are you know you're you're desperate at this point for any warm body who can go in and play for you. <clears throat> and Devers is one of your everyday superstars. So he should be in there. Like, and like you said, they've got Thursday off. So it's not like you've got this string of, you know, 10 to 14 days without a day off. Like you got three more games with Tampa and then you'll get a day off. So, and again, you're fighting for a wild card. So if, if the Red Sox were out of it, then I'd say, ah, whatever, who cares? Like keep them healthy, you know, whatever. But no, you're in the second wild card spot. You're fighting for the first one. You're still kind of semi fighting for the division, even though it's pretty much over. So no, he shouldn't be bagging out of games. He should be in there. Like again, especially when so many guys are out. So I agree with Brandon. He shouldn't have gotten the day off. Yeah, and especially where you're having a guy named Cutter Crawford come in. Right. <laughs> and then you've got Jack Lopez, Jonathan Arauz at the bottom of the lineup. Bobby Dahlbeck was uh, 0 for 6 coming into into today's game. He he did end up getting a couple of hits, but um, bottom of the lineup was painful. And they did strand some runners uh, at, at points in the game. And granted, Devers did come in to, to try to score a couple of those, but it's got to be all hands on deck from here out. I mean, if they're not tough enough to play games in September, they're not tough enough to go deep in the playoffs. No, definitely not. No. So that is about all we have uh, for, for hot takes. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up on that. One guy did say Danny Santana will come off the COVID list and turn into Mike Trout. That was Red Sox Eddie, but I mean, (laughs) come on. Yeah. We don't need to spend any time on that. But no. So all right. So again, we will be back on Wednesday night. That will be Job, Andrew, and I to discuss what went down in the Tampa series. Hopefully we take at least two out of three. By the time this gets released, game one will have already happened, which was the Chris Sale start. So hopefully that ended up being a win and this would be if we can take at least two games, this would be our sixth series in a row, not having lost. So not having lost the series, I mean. So everyone have a good start to your week. If you had Labor Day off, hope you enjoyed it. We will see you on Wednesday night. Take care.